I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. I feel like I've been behind the mic for a lot of the weekend and now I'm behind the mic again. So it's been a lot of podcasting for the Patreon and for Debak, which is our spinoff podcast. Definitely keep an eye out over there. Things are kind of cooking. And I, I hope I have words because I do feel like I used a lot of brain cells this weekend. Uh, so I didn't have as an eventful weekend as you did talking to a bunch of people. Uh, but, you know, went to the movies with you. We, yes. we ended up watching the movie. It felt so good because, honestly, we haven't seen a movie together. And I can't remember. Months. I can't remember the last time um, we went to the movies yeah, together. I can't remember the last time we went either. Wow. Uh, but yeah, but we did that over the weekend. That was fun. And what we're going to do today is we are going to talk about our favorite movies so far of 2022. We've just passed the halfway mark already. And it's, I guess, a good time to look back to see how the movie year's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we can kind of look at our list from the most anticipated movies of the year, see how those yeah. movies. The ones that have come out, of course, mm-hmm. how they've done. And then, of course, talk a little bit about just our favorite movies so far. So let's do it. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and say hi on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And we do want to shout out our patrons, Curtis and Janet. Thank you so much. We couldn't do this without you guys. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate your patronage to our patreon uh so uh really quick i i kind of want to discuss uh this first half just in general Mm -hmm. i feel like this first half has actually been stronger than in past years in terms of like solid movies coming out throughout okay each month Mm -hmm. i think that every month has had one like pop culture like moment in in every month so far this year maybe not february uh but like january <laughs> even had like a, a monster movie come out and i i mean scream like the mm-hmm. the reboot sequel type of thing that they did um so each month has had something that has had pop culture buzzing about and mm-hmm. i think it's a surprise i think if you and i if you would have told us hey the first half of 2022 is going to be an actually pretty strong movie slate. Mm -hmm. I probably would have said, "Eh, are you sure? (laughs) But I mean, it's much stronger than of course last year. And I think it's even stronger than it's been in most years. Am am I wrong in saying that? I feel like the well, quality I of guess movies the, have been pretty good. So you're talking about quality, not quantity, because not quantity. In putting together like our top five movies so far of 2022, I was feeling like, oh, there's not that many. Mm. No, but no. But the I, ones that are on the list are very strong. That's true. Um, for me, when I was making my list, I and this is obviously because of 
circumstances of work and stuff. I haven't seen as many movies as I have in previous years at the halfway point. Mm. So my limited amount of movies that I have seen so far this year has still been pretty good. I would say that there is a clear cutoff as to like the top movies, but then there's like a huge like chunk of movies that are all within pretty good to decent, like nothing like bad except for like a, just a couple of movies here and there, but they're, they didn't even come close. I to see what you're saying. There weren't like bad, bad movies. Like, right. I'm not logging letterbox like two stars or below for new releases out in theaters. Yeah. Barely. Like, yeah. I think, Okay, I see what you're saying. You know, I can say like some of the worst movies so far that I've seen this year are stuff like Morbius, um, (laughs) Death on the Nile. uh, That was this year. That's right. That was. And even Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, just very mediocre type Mm -hmm. of movies. But they didn't even come close to sniffing like my my top 10 or top five that we're doing today. Um, And also... Another thing that surprised me, how strong the box office has been, especially yes. this summer. Numbers. The numbers are back, baby. We're <laughs> back to going to the movie theaters. And there's one movie in particular that has really been like the catalyst for people yeah, to come I, back. I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't know if we're we're probably going to talk about this movie. but I think so, too. Uh, before we get into our top fives, what are some movies that were just like Almost at the top five, but not quite there uh, for you, Jessica. I would say Pixar's Turning Red. Mm, yeah, that was outside. Because that in. was a solid movie, but I would, for any ranking that you make me do, <laughs> I'm always considering rewatchability. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily feel that I would return to Turning Red at any point in the near future. So that's my one caveat for it being off the list. I would also say Father of the Bride. Which was uh, a streaming release to, I think it was HBO Max or whatever. HBO Max? Yeah. That one with Andy Garcia was a remake of, of course, Father of the Bride, which Father of the Bride from the 90s is a remake of Father of the Bride. So I quite liked that movie a lot. It's a Miami movie through and through. And I really admired that about the movie. I love that part of it. But it missed my list. It was just, you know, pretty good, but not that good when compared to the other ones on my list yeah i think what's what separates the top you know of the list from the rest is what i was saying earlier is that there's a bit of that it's pretty good Mm -hmm. and maybe it's rewatchable or maybe it's not and it's a good one-time viewing type of thing Mm -hmm. like for example for me I thought this was a pretty good movie, but it's a one-time viewing for me, and it's something like The Northman. The Northman, yeah. The Northman, <laughs> very enjoyable, visually, you know, just stunning, stunning, but more like a one-time viewing type of thing. Uh, and also, I wanted to mention this movie because it was listed on my 2022 <laughs> most anticipated, and then we got very scared of it with the trailer, but it ended up not being that bad. Which was Elvis. Elvis. Yeah. Elvis turned out to not be a bad movie. Austin Butler was incredible as Elvis. Mm-hmm. So l- little things like that, l- little movies like that. I also had Turning Red just on the outside looking in. Scream for me, I think, was a very, very good movie. Very okay. fun theater experience. So those are a couple that just missed out on my end. 
So I I think we're going to have a lot of the same movies. I think so, too. <laughs> I have a feeling that at least three of the movies are going to be the same. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. So, too. so once we mention a movie that's on someone else's list, we can start talking about it and we can kind of, you know, bounce back and forth there. So let's go ahead and let's start off with our respective number fives. I'll let you go first. What's your number five? <laughs> Don't laugh at me. My number five is Marry Me with J-Lo. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is surprising. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yes. I had it at number six. And Owen Wilson. Yeah. 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 Like, I had a lot of movies in front of it. Okay, I happened so- to watch it twice. Oh, okay. One was uh, in theaters, and then the other one was at home because it was released on streaming not at the same time or shortly same after. Time. So I watched it with my family. Really fun cute solid rom-com it is it is a very and it plays to j-lo's strengths which i i think is important (laughs) because i don't (laughs) think j-lo is necessarily the first choice for is this a a leading lady actress with the acting chops and all that right which might be fighting words but i don't care um i I, I just think marry me was controversial there okay well i just think marry me was I think it's rewatchable in a sense like the other J-Lo rom-coms are rewatchable as well. Yeah. Uh, what would you say like a good comparison of another J-Lo movie like in terms of rewatchability? Probably like Wedding Planner. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Wedding What's Planner. the other one that she did? I think she did like a bunch like Monster-in-Law. Yep. Made in Manhattan of Made course. Made in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can... I can... <clears throat> Excuse me. I could see the rewatchability there for sure. Mm-hmm. And I I found it enjoyable, but I've never revisited and I don't think I have the urge to go back to it. But <laughs> but it's still like a solid rom-com, something that we don't get enough of these yeah. days. So. And I do want to give it a place of honor because it was so I think it defied my expectations, even though it was on my most anticipated movies list at number seven. But I don't think that rom-coms are necessarily getting the play that they should in movie theaters anymore and in grand big theater releases. So I want to give a shout out to Marry Me because it was good and it was worth it. Uh, There we go. You're number five, Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. Uh, My number five came back, came out at the beginning of March and it was The Batman. Uh, oh yeah the batman okay that's my number four. Oh, there we go so we yeah. can talk about it so i think the batman what it did was it it had a vision mm-hmm. from the director had a clear vision as to what he wanted this world to be uh i very much enjoyed it i think pattinson is pretty good as batman um we don't really get much of the bruce wayne character at all um but we'll see if that happens in the future mm-hmm. i the score is just <laughs> bah, bah, I know. Bah, bah, it sounds bah. repetitive but it's it's very catchy and i really love the the catwoman suite i think it's okay michael giacchino is just awesome at what he does which yeah is holding up hollywood movies. yes for sure um what were some of the things you liked about the batman i think that it leaned so heavily into noir and mm-hmm. It was pretty unapologetic about it. I felt like it had a very decent 
plot, even though kind of like the latter half of it seemed a little more telegraphed and wasn't so much um, a mystery, <laughs> you right. know, for yeah. a lot of a lot of audience members. But I feel like the costuming and the cinematography, the music, like it had really good parts to it. And it seemed like a fully realized world in the way that all Batman movies kind of are. Even yeah. if you dislike them for whatever reason, it is a complete vision. And if this ended up not being a complete vision to stand up to the other Batman franchises, I think we would have found way more fault with it. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, one thing, the only complaint I have, and I, I said it back when we <laughs> reviewed this movie, was it rains too damn much. It's raining the whole time. What like, is it, November? On. Like See, end of? Yeah, it's it's. The, it, was, it takes place for, between a few days, at Halloween, Halloween to like the to first like a week. Yeah, week the, of November. Week of November. And it's yeah, raining, it's raining the entire much. time. Yeah, too much. Seriously, <laughs> like I get the effect, but it it's a little too much. But still. Uh, very good movie. Uh, we'll see if it if it stays in my top ten at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think it's liable get, to get bumped off my list too. It's possible because we don't know what's coming up, and you know. Well, we do know what's coming up, but well, we do know some of the stuff that's coming <laughs> up. You're right about that. And this movie was on your most anticipated list, and also on my anticipated list as well. Yes, it was I way down at number ten on mine. Mine on number eight as well mm-hmm. for most anticipated, and I think it's because. Um, you know, we had we we enjoy the Dark Knight so much. And yes. so so there was always like this thing of like going into it, like, can it really stand up to that? Mm-hmm. And I think it does a great job of standing on its own, like right. as its own type of story, type True. of Batman's story. So that was my number five, your number four. So yes. I'll go back, ahead and say back to you. my number four. Uh, it is arguably the biggest movie of the year, the biggest movie of the summer, uh, totally, and that is Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Top okay. Gun Maverick is my number four. Uh, I mean, we already talked about <laughs> it on on the podcast. I'll, I'll, let me pause you and say that's num- my number three. <laughs> that's your number three. Look at that. So we're, we're just like vibing with the same movies here. Uh, I think that this was exactly what people wanted in a movie in terms of just fun action not too bogged down into details memorable Mm -hmm. moments uh seeing tom cruise be tom cruise Mm -hmm. like he was he's in his bag in this movie you know (laughs) and i really had so much fun with this movie yeah about you i think i did too um i think the sequences themselves are knockout grand sequences that kind of transcend the plot the actual plot of the movie yes you can definitely say that because the movie is kind of thin in terms of what exactly is the main goal of the movie Mm -hmm. and it's it's just like the first one it's a nameless country that they're kind of right going at war to well not even war just like there's a mission involving him and but it all takes a backseat to the sequences in the planes, which mm-hmm. were filmed practically, yeah, which are just amazing stuff to watch, especially on a giant screen. Right. It is just an incredible experience. It's yeah. Really- I think that Miles Teller's shirtless shimmy 
deserves its own spot on the list, but I <laughs> I think that might have helped push Top Gun Maverick to the, my number three spot. Yeah, it, it, I would say that of all the movies, I didn't predict it to be that big of a box office monster. Um, I thought it would finish because in a summer that had like the next Jurassic World and also had not one but two Marvel movies like within release of each other, I thought, okay, it can it can be like in the top five for the summer, you know, like Mm -hmm. it can finish somewhere there. But this thing is far and away the number one movie this summer. Yeah. By last time I checked when I was looking at some of the numbers, because I'm kind of weird in that way in terms (laughs) of looking at summer block office or box office. Right now, as it stands, for movies that have been released from the beginning of May until now, uh, Top Gun Maverick has, in the United States, $618 million. <gasps> the next closest is Doctor Strange with $411 million. So clearly... It blew Doctor Strange out of the water. million dollar gap between first and second. It's astounding to me. I, did, I <laughs> never would have expected this. So I don't know. I think it hit right at the... Perfect time. Perfect time. Had really good promo. Yep. Seemed to appeal to a wider audience. And I don't know why. Like, I guess, I don't know. I think there was just. They hit on something. They hit on something. Yeah. They tapped into something. I think the practicality part kind of helps. I also think that there is a bit of a fatigue when it comes to superhero stuff. Absolutely. So people. I've said this for years. I know. (laughs) Uh, but people want something else out of their action movies. They want, you know, something thrilling, something fun, something that's not too complicated. Mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick is not a complicated movie. Anyone no. can follow this. <laughs> and so that is something that I think is the main appeal. It's like, oh, it's a big movie that's not about superheroes. So people start yeah. coming out. And, and it's also can- gener- generational. Correct. And I will say that there's something really appealing about the camaraderie that's shown in Top Gun Maverick versus the camaraderie that you see in a superhero movie when there's a team up happening, because it feels okay. It's like McDonald's to me when you have like a team up, a bunch of people coming together for one singular purpose in a superhero movie Yeah. versus what you had in Top Gun Maverick, which felt very organic and almost like a long time coming as well because there is that lineage to the movie yeah i see what you're saying i don't know i don't know it's the right amount of things all happening at the same time Mm -hmm. that led to such a big huge cultural moment yeah for for tom cruise and for the legacy it hit tiktok right oh yeah highway to the danger zone song was Highway to the Danger Zone. Back on the charts, on yep. TikTok, everywhere. Yeah, everybody was just like doing call signs and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun. Like, you don't see people making TikToks about Chris Hemsworth's abs or, no. or giant arms. Right. You know what Pe- I'm saying? Yeah, but people were really making TikToks of Miles Teller dancing for a 0.2 seconds in a yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> in that's, Top Gun Maverick. That's how magnetic those moments I were. I think it got the female gaze right. Yes, I think it did. Mm-hmm. I think it did. 
And if you want to hear more of our thoughts on that movie, plus some of the movies we've already talked about, scroll down on your podcast feed. We've done full reviews on the movies so far that we've mentioned. Uh, so that is my number four, your number three, Top Gun Maverick. So now we could go ahead and we can move into my number three. Mm-hmm. And my number three is actually the most recent movie that we have watched. And that is Marcel the no. Shell with the shoes on. <laughs> I cannot believe this movie jumped Homie. this high this quickly onto my list. Marcel is number two. For oh my me. goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness. Now I, I need to know. Oh, love. wait a minute. I think I know how this is going to go down. Okay, okay. Okay. But go, uh, go ahead. You okay. Go so first. I love Marcel, the show with shoes on. I had no idea that this was going to steal my heart and break it at the same time. It was so poignant and well written, well voice acted by Jenny Slate, and everything was. It was the best of, like, I don't even have words because it's just so good. I mean, you know, Marcel goes on a journey, like, internally. And a Beautiful. little bit, like, out, you know, into the world. And it's it's how big the world is, how you feel so small in the world. Like, what do you do when a family member gets sick? And, like, where's your support system when it's gone? Like, learning how to deal with fear and it's just it's so deep it's a freaking movie about a shell it, it has no business it has no business being as this good. poignant as smart as funny as delightful as it is as heartbreaking as well Ugh. uh this movie got me multiple times yeah um, like I was just sitting there and just tears started coming up and I'm just like, I cannot believe a movie about a shell <laughs> is getting me right now. Yes. Uh, and like, it's so funny. Like the, I love when they're talking to, you know, Marcel and the grandmother and Marcel. Nanakali. Like, yeah. Nanakati. Nanakati. <laughs> They're talking about what a documentary is, and Marcel yeah. is like, it's like a movie, but nobody has any lines, and nobody even knows what it is while they're making it. <laughs> and it was perfectly uh, such a great way to describe how yeah. I, I think a lot of people feel about documentaries. Um, but yeah, it it's such a beautiful movie. It's impressive yes. what they did with it. It is. And I was a fan. I was a fan of Marcel the Shell from the YouTube days. Yeah, that so this was something that kind of passed me by. Oh, I, what? I, yeah, and I didn't really like see anything really of Marcel the Shell what? back in the day. No. So. Oh but. my gosh! Well, okay. So this was your first introduction to Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Yeah, pretty much. Oh pretty my much. god! And it still stole your heart. Like, yeah. it, it's <sighs> guys. If I could recommend any movie on our list. Um, our respective list go watch marcel the show with shoes on yes i highly highly recommend that. it <laughs> highly recommend it highly second that statement um and just the dichotomy of how this movie can play with your heartstrings and be funny like so consecutively like one of the best examples and not just to, not really to give away too much but there's an interview happening in the movie and uh when they ask Marcel, how long it's been since you've seen your family? 
<laughs> Marcel is like, I couldn't tell you, but a space in my heart gets bigger and louder every day. Yeah, he's like, I don't tell time the same way right. that you guys do. And, you know, and he gives this know, very poetic answer. Yeah, that he's, flowers, they bloom and then they, you know, they die and bloom again and <laughs> and says all this stuff. And then the interviewer is like, Dean, do you know how long? It's two years. It's been two years. <laughs> Just like matter of factly, <laughs> straight to the point. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is a movie. We haven't reviewed this movie because it just came out. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we don't have an episode on this movie. But if there is a movie to check out and see, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is highly recommended by both of us. Check that out. We cannot love this movie any more than we already do. So, you know what? I think that might be my number one. I'm changing it. Wow, you're changing that to your number I'm one. I'm changing it to my number one because I love it. Because you just said it was your number my two. Number two, but I think it's one. Okay, so then, all right, so that was my number three. Mm-hmm. What's your and two? So we're going to number two. So let's go ahead. Let me say my number two just yeah. in case. It, maybe it's something different than your number two. And I'm going to go with the better multiversal movie this year. Yes, we both have the same number two. We both have the same number two. And that is Everything, Everywhere, All, all at Once. All at Once. Uh Michelle Yeoh, just resplendent. Awesome. Awesome. She is fantastic. Uh, I think this movie handles the concept of the multiverse in such a more fun, more interesting, just more imaginative. Yes. It's mind bending in all the right ways, because if you are telling me there's infinite universes, like I want to see what that looks like and how they impact each other, if at all. And in this movie, it does it in really inventive ways. Yes. And not to like crap on what Marvel did, but having this movie come out before the multiverse of madness really just puts a spotlight on how limited the multiverse of madness was. Yeah. Because the real multiverse of madness was everything everywhere all at once. It was just the way that not only just the different universes, but how creative they were with the different universes and how those relationships between the people in those respective, you know, multiverses were just very profound, Mm -hmm. just profound. And I really admired the Daniels use of just how funny they could be with what they're presenting on screen, but also at the same time showing a relationship between a mother and a daughter that is just, you know, breaking at the seams. Fracturing, yeah. Yeah. And it's just something that moves you. It Mm -hmm. moves you. And I did not think that this movie would have done that. Even when we saw the trailer, I didn't think it would be something the way it hits the heart the way it does. But yeah, that I, I think this is... Easily one of the best movies of the year. I can't imagine this not being in my top 10 at the end of the year. I would agree. Marcel as well. Like it's going to take a lot of movies to be better than that by the end of the year. And I don't see that happening. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think we kind of cement that movie, you know, at least for me and, you know, in this list by the end of the year. 
Uh, so so that was your number two. That was two, and then Marcel and was number was one. that was my number two. Okay, so what's your number one? So, so your list I'm confused. is over. Your list is over. So mine... What did you have for number one? My number one was a movie that, even though it's kind of like Marcel, it's technically a 2021 movie, but the release happened this year. So I just went ahead and said, you know what? This movie was released in the United States in February of this year, so I'm counting it for this year, and that is The Worst Person in the World. I think... Okay. Yeah, I decided... I mean, I know that it was nominated for Oscars, you know, for this year, but the fact that it didn't even get released until this year in the United States, uh, you know, outside of some, like, festival last year at Mm -hmm. the end of the year, Mm -hmm. just so it counted. Um, But no, this movie, to me, this is the one that really touched me uh and if you listen to our episode about it we did a a full episode and just the the nature of someone who is some close to our age who is still trying to figure things out Mm -hmm. you know and because of the decisions that she makes she Mm -hmm. does feel like crap she does feel like a terrible person for what she does or what she says to perspective lovers or to friends or anything mm-hmm. um and then the movie the way it like goes in in its third act the way it handles um some of the past relationships that she's had with uh certain people especially you know an old boyfriend who longtime boyfriend um it really affected me like at just viewing that relationship and viewing just the nature of you know when something happens, like a disease or something comes about life, and the way it can change your perspective, it's yeah something- the onslaught of emotions and nostalgia that comes over you when you're looking at the end of your life. Yeah, you know when you're facing mm-hmm. your own mortality. What does that look like in a person that's relatively young and hasn't lived very long compared to? you know, 70, 80, 90 year old people who pass away and you're like, okay, well they had their time. Yeah. They had a good life. Who is relatively young, Mm -hmm. who is, you know, in his early forties, but you know, who hasn't had that full experience, Mm -hmm. hasn't even had the experience of being able to be a father, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's another part of it with our protagonist who she doesn't want kids and, Mm -hmm. and he does. And that causes friction in their relationship um, I think that there's a lot of like just memorable moments in the movie. I think about the cheating chapter. Oh yeah, quite a bit. I yeah. think that that is, and some the- sequences that are on- honestly like stunning. Yeah, to watch and experience. Cool. It For seems sure. pretty visceral. Yeah, it is, and it was practical. <laughs> yes, and it was practical. Uh, a Norwegian film. The entire movie is spoken in Norwegian and that doesn't matter. That does not matter. No, the feelings transcend the subtitles. And I will say this for pretty much every movie that is not in your native language. Get through the subtitles and you will be exposed to amazing art from a different country, different culture. And this film is beautiful. And I wish I had thought of it. I don't I still don't know if it would have ended up on my top five, but it was very impactful. And again, if you haven't watched Worst Person in the World, I highly recommend you seek it out and watch it. Yes. Seek it out. 
check it out. I think it's on Hulu right now for okay. those who are listening for the United States. Uh, great movie. Um, and yeah, it's just something that you should check out. So that that is our top five for 2000. There's a lot of movies that haven't been released yet. Yes. And that we are still looking forward to. What this were month. some of the movies that you were kind of like, they came out and you were like, wow, I can't believe I was anticipating that. For oh, me, it yeah. was definitely Morbius. <laughs> yeah, that, the fact that that was on your list. The fact that that was on my list was like so stupid. Anyway, also Jurassic World Dominion. That was on your list as well. That was on my list as well. And, you know, you can go back and listen to our thoughts on that. But no surprise there. Didn't live up to any sort of expectations. <laughs> No, it did not. Yeah. Uh, one of the movies that is on my list for the most anticipated is no longer in this year at all, and that's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Same for me. I had that on my list as well. I was yeah. very excited for that very. release. Yeah. And now it is, you know, in 2023. Um, most of the movies, I think, on my list have not been released. Oh, well, I will say this. I did have, like, just in general... Marvel movies, you know, mm -hmm. as a number 10, like a filler spot. Yeah. Time. And so far um, mixed on, on, on what I've gotten so far. Um, I think I'm more positive than you on Multiverse of Madness, even though I still have problems with it. And then <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder, we talked about it, you know, is not really all that. Uh, it feels too jokey. There's not really that great a chemistry between Portman and Hemsworth. A so, lot of the movies that are on our lists, on our top five lists right now that we just went through, have heart. Yes. Yes. The Marvel movies that have been released this year don't exactly necessarily don't. have heart. Yeah. They really don't. And they try. It's like a facsimile of, of it. Exactly. They, it they doesn't try, reach it. But because of the nature of, like, this is the structure you have to be... In. This is the sandbox that you have to play in. You can't go outside of the sandbox. Mm -hmm. So it makes it tough to <laughs> to try to make a movie that really stands out on its own. Mm -hmm. You know, now maybe later this year uh, with Wakanda Forever, maybe there's something there because Coogler Coogler is back for part two. So we'll see how they address that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, now. Here is something that I wanted to say about uh, just superheroes in general. The Flash, no longer in 2022. I don't even know what's going to happen with that movie, with everything <laughs> going on with Ezra Miller. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I wanted to say really quick about uh, Wakanda Forever that's coming out later this year. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling, and I don't, I'm not the first person to realize this, but there's a movie coming out a couple of months from now ahead of Wakanda Forever. Is it and the, the oh, woman king? Yes. Yes. So, I am excited for that one. So this kind of brings me into a spot. With of, Viola Davis, Lashana Lynch. Yes. Directed uh, John by Boyega. Gina Prince Bythewood from Love and Basketball. Right. Exactly. So this brings me to the point of we just had a situation where we saw a multiversal movie come out first. And then the Marvel one came out. Mm. And then there was like a comparison of, oh, ooh, the Marvel one wasn't that good. 
what if like this happens? It's going to happen where the woman king has a lot of the same vibes, a lot of the same structure or or things that are happening because yeah. the rumor is Wakanda Forever is kind of going to be Shuri's story. That is the rumor. I, I don't know how much is true about that, but Shuri, the sister of T'Challa, for those, you know, if you don't remember, Chadwick Boseman passed away and they said that they're not recasting the role. So mm-hmm. most likely she will be like front and center in this entire story. So having that movie, The Woman King, which looks like it's a historical drama. And just to give you like a quick synopsis, a historical epic inspired by the true events that happened in the kingdom of Daomi, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. So I've seen some teasers of it. Yeah, so have I. I'm so excited. There are vibes. Yes. They're similar. True. And I would not be surprised if we have a similar situation of like, Oh, Wakanda forever. Oh, that was cool. But like, we just saw <laughs> Woman the King. King and it yeah. was, you know, so blew it out of the water. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe I think not. it will be the case. Let's just call it now. <laughs> yeah. And then we can refer back to this episode when it finally happens. Uh, a lot of my movies still haven't come out from my most anticipated list. Um, the David O. Russell movie, that's how I labeled it back you know, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. Now we have a real name and it's Amsterdam starring Christian Bale, Margot mm-hmm. Robbie and uh, John David Washington. Uh, Don't Worry Darling is right around the corner in September. Same uh, with Nope. Nope is like right around the corner. Like, yes, like next weekend, this weekend. If you listen to this as soon as it drops, it'll be the upcoming weekend. Yeah. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon with Leonardo DiCaprio hasn't come out. Nights Out 2. I'm sorry? Nights Out 2. Knives Out 2. Yes. Uh, what's the official title of that? I know it's not just oh, Knives Out 2. Oh, crap. I think it's You're right. Like, it was... Not, oh. The Glass Onion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like that. Something like that. I, I will obviously look it up real quick. Um, and then the other movie that still hasn't come out, but won't come out till Christmas anyway, and it's uh, Babylon, the new Damien Chazelle movie. So I oh, still have Avatar 2. Yeah, you still have Avatar 2. <laughs> Avatar 2. I'm brave with putting Avatar 2 and Morbius yeah. on my anticipated movies list. Um, did we get a name for the to-be-determined Adam Driver movie? I still have not seen anything I don't know if there's, about that. Yeah, the I'm to be synopsis, an astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover he's not alone. And I was like, Adam Driver in space again? Sign me up. <laughs> uh, Adam, I haven't heard anything about it. No, and I think when you told me about that movie at the beginning of the year, you said that you had seen somewhere that it would probably come out like in April or May. Yes, and we're way past April and May. Yeah, that did not happen. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of in a weird spot with that one. Um, and is it called Focus, focus, too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it took you a second. I know. I know. Yeah, it did come out. And no, I'm not even seeing anything about the movie. Um, Yeah. Oh, you know what? No, I found something. Okay, what? I found something. On IMDb, they actually have it updated. They have a title for the movie. It's called 65. 65. Okay. 65. And it's in post-production now. And the expected release date is now April of 2023. Oh, 
So they pushed it out movie, a year. Yeah, they pushed it out. So another movie Dang. that is no longer on the list for this year. Okay. Well. Oh well. Oh well. All right. So now that we kind of have our list, I I think that. And not the crap on your list, but like what? you've had some bad movies on your list for most anticipated. Like you had Morbius. Oh yeah, on my on anticipated there. movies list, yeah, absolutely. You had Morbius, you that had that was a swing and a miss. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion, <laughs> swing and a miss. <laughs> uh, but it's not all lost because you still have Avatar two coming. You know, hey, shut and, up. <laughs> and then the other movies are just not there anymore. True. Uh, outside of Knives Out two, but. Uh, what, was this a competition? No, no. I just because you have Marvel that. movies and the Flash here, and that's a problem. Yeah, to that's me. a problem. But that's at number ten. The rest oh, of the oh. list is not that bad. <laughs> the rest of the list is not that bad. My, oh my god! Like my number three most anticipated movie is no so, longer. In you're the year. so competitive. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, I'm just saying. You're comparing our list. Jurassic World and Morbius <laughs> were not very good inclusions onto a list. And I remember being shocked that you even had them on your list to begin with. That's, that's well, I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pick straight like indie movies with prestige actors in every single anticipated movies. I, I didn't list. do that. I know. But you certainly tried. David O. Russell, <laughs> Babylon, Don't Worry Darling, Elvis. Like, I mean, bro, you went for a theme. I mean, sure, but those are movies that I was anticipating. So, <sighs> all right, but I, I was I, truthful. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand the Dominion one because it was the old cast, the old gang getting back together. I still don't get the Morbius one. <laughs> That's the only one that I don't get. Why you had on your list? It's the only one. I think looking back on it now, I was like, oh, it's like a vampire character, mm. and my eleven to thirteen year old self was like, oh, cool, another vampire movie. I hope it's good. And kind of <laughs> fell into it that way. In my Honestly, like looking back, that's probably why it is so high. Probably. Or not even it's so high, it's just included, period. So Sorry about um, it. <laughs> no, no problem. I just wanted to mention uh, that Dune 2 has officially started production. Uh-huh. And they have added a couple more people to the cast uh they have added uh leia Sedu has just been added to the cast mm. austin butler has joined the cast as well uh and so and this is already a stacked cast as it is as it is you know because like um florence Pugh joined the cast but everybody's coming back you know chalamet ferguson zendaya skarsgård like all these people are coming back and now you're just like stacking people on top. So uh, that's going to be fun. I'm anticipating that because I really love Dune. I thought it was a very good movie. Uh, and so we'll see what happens there. So just a little <laughs> bit of movie news there. Yeah. Nice. All right. So um, that has been our episode. I, yeah. I really appreciate everyone who decided to listen to us talk about our top fives. Check them out. Check mm -hmm. out those movies if you haven't seen them yet. And if you have... Scroll back on the podcast feed. You'll see the episodes that we did on almost all of them. Uh, the only one we didn't do one on Marcel. Is Marcel. But that's because it's the most recent one. Uh, also, if, you know, this is your first time listening, thank you once again. Uh, I can't stress enough how much it is, how grateful we are for you to listen. 
Uh, so go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, many more. Five stars is what we look for if you're going to review us through Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then for all the latest updates from our show, check us out on social media. That is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And what is the handle that they can find us on, Jessica? At Always Critic Pod. That is correct. At Always Critic Pod. Finally, if you've done all that and you really enjoy the show, go ahead and consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check us out on patreon.com slash always critic pod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet and Curtis. Thank you once again for subscribing, for becoming a patron. So with that said, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic podcast.